Christmas morning where you brought hope into the world. And Father, we praise your name this morning. Make us a people of praise. Father, I pray that you'll bless the kids this morning. Help them to know you more deeply and understand and embrace your love for them here today. We love you a lot. In Jesus' name, amen. Kids, have a wonderful time. See you later. Well, good morning. How is everybody? Good. Enjoying the Christmas season? Oh, man, I thought I'd get a little bit like more excitement than that. I know it's busy, but it's a good, good time of year. Uh, in fact, one of the things that I do love about this time of year is that there is a little bit more goodness in the world this time of year, or at least it seems like there's a little bit more goodness in the air during Christmas time. I think that we all, in our hearts, we long for experiences of the kingdom of God. And during this time of year, this is about as close as the world gets to experiencing the kingdom of God. Uh, we celebrate stories like the Grinch's cold heart being warmed by the spirit of Christmas, right? We celebrate things like Buzz and Kevin coming together and, and being a family and understanding the importance of family. We celebrate like George Bailey, It's a Wonderful Life, great movie, celebrating the fact that he sees his purpose in life and he actually recognizes that life itself is a wonderful gift. These are glimpses, these are watered down tiny glimpses of the kingdom of God. And I think that our hearts desire more experiences of the kingdom of God. Even the world, I believe, desires experiences of the kingdom of God. They just don't realize that that is what they're searching for. And they don't understand the source by which those experiences come. And so when we don't know what that source is, we begin to look in all kinds of different areas, don't we? That we'll look at self-help. That we'll look at entertainment and we'll even look at really good things like family and friends we'll just put those things out of the context that they were meant to be enjoyed and then we see that those things don't fulfill us so we continue to move the goalpost or move to other different things and and we wonder why are these things not fulfilling us and so my first point here this morning is very simply we cannot experience the fullness of the kingdom without our focus being on the king. I think that the world wants the experiences of the kingdom, but just doesn't want the king. And it simply doesn't work like that, does it? And it's not even that it doesn't work like that. It's that it literally cannot work like that. We must become the kind of people who first don't just want the kingdom, but we want the king. And that's where the experiences of the kingdom will come from. But the world says, you know, God, give me those experiences, but let me continue to rule my life. Let me continue to be the king over my life. But we know, first and foremost, 
It's got to come through the king. And I'm not trying to diminish this time of year, man. I love this time of year. I mean, you guys should probably know that by now. Most people start celebrating after Thanksgiving. I start celebrating like sometime after Labor Day, kind of like a little, little into September. I mean, I just get going. But here's the thing. The season will never be what it was intended to be without the reason. And we've got to become the kind of people who focus on the king, focus on the king this time of year. And in doing so, we will allow the Christmas season to be enjoyed the way that God has intended for us to enjoy it. And take it one step further as well, that when we have our focus on the king, first and foremost, what we'll find is that we'll see that he sees us as well. So those are my two points here today. I'm going to go ahead and give them to you early, early today. To experience the fullness of the kingdom, we must, number one, see the king in every situation and embrace that he sees us in every situation. This will lead us into contentment this Christmas season. If you have your Bibles, we'll be in Luke chapter 1 today. We're going to talk some about Mary. Now, if you missed last week, we talked some about Joseph. You can go back to the Grace Meadows uh, YouTube page and check that message out. We talked a lot about Joseph and how uh, obedience is so important in our relationship with Jesus. And here this morning, we're going to talk about Mary. And she's a very unique person for us to look at because she got to see what life was like before Jesus. She got to uh, experience the birth of Jesus, and she also got to experience his death and resurrection. So Luke comes to her and, and interviews her for part of his gospel, and some people call this the greatest interview that there ever was, because Mary got to experience so much of this experience with Jesus. And she's the first person in the gospel of Luke to get this declaration from the angel that the king is coming and his kingdom is coming as well. So Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom, now highlight this part, his kingdom will never end. See, it's this everlasting king entering into the world, and then bringing his kingdom with him. So he will reign, and that's the first part. That's what we've got to cling to. Remember we, we opened with, talking about the idea that if we want to experience the kingdom, we've got to first embrace the king. And so the angel Gabriel shares with Mary the order. It's the king's reign bringing about the kingdom. And I think a lot of people are attracted to the kingdom of God. I really do. I mean, when you think about how different this kingdom is to others, those who have their heart open and there's a humility, I think they're really attracted to the way that this kingdom is run. Because you think about other kingdoms before it. You think about war, tribalism, violence, 
all these things, dominance over other kingdoms. That's how kingdoms before were run, but this kingdom operates through humility, through humble means, starting through this girl who's not more than 15 years old at the time, as a baby in a manger where animals ate from. So God comes and he takes uh, this kingdom idea and he flips it all the way around from what other kingdoms before operated operated as. Because here's the thing, you can't conquer a kingdom that operates through death. Have you ever thought about that? That the, the kings of the past in their kingdoms, they would threaten you with death. And Jesus says... Okay, I'm actually inviting you to die because in doing so, I'm inviting you into a greater life to come. You can't conquer this kind of kingdom. And so the angel Gabriel is coming to Mary and saying, everything is going to be different now. I mean, I'm going to invite people from all kinds of different other kingdoms to be a part of this kingdom that transcends everything, including death itself. Verse 34. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. Now, can you imagine the excitement of Mary in this moment? I mean, everything is changing at this point. And in fact, she's probably thought in her life that God really only wants to work through the religious leaders, right? The ones who go to the temple and they hear directly from God. And yet, she has now heard a message from God that everything is changing. And she can't help but hurry and run and celebrate with Elizabeth. And man, we've talked before um, a couple months ago about how hurry is not a good thing, generally. But when it is on account of love and this good news of the gospel, man, sometimes you just can't help but go and celebrate this good news. Um, It reminds me, I'd love to share this story and also give you guys a little bit of an update. Um, November 9th was a Wednesday night here, and I started having some really sharp pains like under my uh, rib cage. And the next day, I uh, went to the doctor and I figured this was, you know, one of those transactional things like, hey, I tell you what's wrong, you give me some medicine, that makes it better, and we all move on with our life, you know. Um, well, she brought up some worst-case scenarios that I hadn't even considered going into that. Um, I would later learn that it wasn't necessarily best practice for her to do that at that time without running any kind of tests or, or anything like that, but I didn't know any better at the time. Um, so I, so I left there, and man, I, like I called Morgan, and I told her, I said, you know, here's what's going on, and I feel like I was like really, you know, tried to be strong in that moment for her. And then I called my dad, and man, I, just, I couldn't even get a word out. I mean, I just started bawling, crying. 
I mean, I'm just torn up at the, I mean, I feel like my world has just been shaken up. And then I, I calmed down a little bit, and I felt so bad for Matt, the guy who did the announcements, because, like, I gathered myself and everything, and I said, okay, I'm ready to call Matt and just tell him what's going on, because I wanted to give the leadership team just an update. And sure enough, he answers the phone, and same thing, I just can't, you know, I can't hold it together. I'm just uh, bawling. And I just kept thinking about the idea. I just, I don't want my, I don't want my girls to grow up without their father. Um, so I just kept thinking about that. All day. Um, that next week, I got to say, guys, if y'all are a guest here, when you are in the trenches, this, this is a family. I mean, you guys, I can't tell you enough how thankful I am that you guys just said, hey, we're praying for you. We're with you. What can we do? And I came to church that next week, that Wednesday, Tara spoke, and she uh, asked Morgan and I to come down to the altar and pray and we look up, and I mean, it seems like the whole church is just gathered around here with us. I mean, you guys have been with us through this whole process. And I, I thank you just feels like it comes short, but I just want to say thank you all for that. Um, Friday, I say all this to say, this past Friday, December 9th, I had an endoscopy, and they ruled out those worst-case scenarios. Um, and so when they did that, Man, I couldn't help but share this good news with people. I mean, I was a little bit loopy. Like, they put me out for this whole thing. And uh, Morgan said, I kept saying, Morgan, can I have my phone? She kept saying, no, you're too loopy. You can't do it. <laughs> I, said, I said, no, no, I'm not loopy. I'm just excited. Can I just tell people, right? And so I did. I just started telling people. I mean, people who really didn't even ask. I was just like, hey, I got to tell you, things went re really well. You know, I just had to share this good news with people. And I say all that to say, imagine how excited Mary must have been to have this good news to share with people. I mean, this is a thousand times greater news than the news I had to share because what she's realized is that there is a king coming into this world and his, his kingdom will never end. I mean, his kingdom will transcend life and death itself. He will be, in fact, there is no life as we knew it before. Jesus himself is life. And so she's starting to recognize this and she says, I just got to go hurry and run and share this good news with other people. A question I had for us this morning is, when's the last time you've been so excited about what God is doing that you've said, man, I just got to pick up the phone. I got to go knock on the door write a letter, whatever it is. I just got to tell you that God is doing great things and I just want to go tell you about it today. Verse 46. We're skipping down about 20, 20 verses here. Verse 46. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant." In other words, he sees me. Do y'all know this morning that God sees you? Now I want to ask that again and like let that take root. Do you know this morning that God sees you? And I think that at its core, this is our longing, our heart's longing is to be seen and heard and known, right? 
I mean, imagine the maker of the universe seeing you, hearing you, and knowing you. Y'all, this is everything. And Mary says, my spirit rejoices. Like, this is where my spirit actually starts to take shape. That my purpose starts to take shape. That, that I'm liberated to the point where my spirit rejoices. Why? Because he sees me. Do you know this morning that he sees you? Let's continue. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. Again, maybe Mary has thought all her life that this may not be for me. Like, I, I love God. I think he's great. And, you know, I, I just, I just want to be involved in this. But I just don't know. I just don't know. And Mary has had it revealed to her that, yeah, actually, anybody who's willing to humble themselves can be a part of this kingdom. Anybody who's willing to declare King Jesus king over their lives, yeah, they, they could be a part of this kingdom too. Verse 51. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but he has lifted up the humble he has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. In other words, Jesus is the great equalizer, right? That the source of obtaining power no longer has to do with what family you were born into, what wealth you've acquired from generations passed down, even what education that you've possessed. It all has to do now with humility to proclaim Jesus King over your life. Y'all, that is, that is good news. We talked last week uh, about how Jesus, we've got to cling to the fact that Jesus truly is good news. That sometimes our culture looks at the gospel as just regular news. But we know that Jesus is good news. Why? Because he has leveled the playing field that all are welcome into this kingdom. Do you know this morning that the source of our soul's longing is him? The fact that we continue to desire, that's the easy part. We desire the kingdom around us. I think the world desires the kingdom around us. We want these experiences of the kingdom, but do we realize that it's actually Him that completes our souls here this morning? Y'all, there are many avenues that we can turn this Christmas season. There are many places. And you may be left this, this time of year already saying, you know, we, we build this time of year up. We say, man, I can't wait to do those traditions again. And we're going to do these things at Christmas. And everything's going to be great. And now you're sort of into it a little bit. And you're saying, actually, there feels like there's something missing here. And I want to encourage us this morning to not allow the king to be what's missing here in our lives. 
Uh, I'm going to pray. The worship team's going to come up, and then I've got one, one more thing for us. Father, we thank you that you have made a way that we do desire the experiences of your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven, and you've made a way for us to experience that. And so, Father, we thank you for that truth. Father, we thank you that, um, that you continue to be here with us, that there's no conditions attached, that you are here, and if we're willing to humble ourselves in front of you, that you see us. Yeah, like you, you want us to, to see you in everything, and, and yet you also see us. And so, Father, I, I, I cling this morning to the fact that in my darkest times, what's gotten me through it is the fact that I have seen the love in your eyes. And so, Father, I thank you for the fact that you see us. Father, thank you that you continue to look over every aspect of our lives. And I pray that you'll help us to receive that truth this morning because what that will do is it will allow us to have the fullness of life that you offer to us. Father, we love you a lot. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I wanted to read from John chapter 19. It just starts like this. It says, near the cross of Jesus, this is the time that Jesus has chosen to give up his life. It says, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother. Now, by this time, most of the disciples, almost all of the disciples, have left Jesus. And Mary is still there with Jesus at the cross. And there could be a couple things here at play. It could be that she has taken those words from the angel that said that his kingdom will never end. And maybe she is holding on to hope at the cross in this moment. Or it could be that she remembers the words of Simeon in Luke chapter 2 who says, a sword will pierce your own soul also. That, that there will be this time and she knew that there would be this time, but she's holding out hope that maybe good things are going to come thereafter. Or perhaps she simply recognized that the most painful moments with the king are far better than any other moments without him. Let's worship together.